Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff, David Judge, and here we are at Season 2, Episode 14 of the Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry to find out where these influencers see current and future trends and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. Now, today we have another fantastic guest on what is considered to be a fairly controversial subject, artificial intelligence. Yes, we interview Patrick Hill from Realm Australia around all things artificial intelligence and what it will actually mean to the industry as we progress in the future. So a couple of highlights from this episode include Patrick's career in psychology and the natural transition to technology and artificial intelligence. While many people in the industry use the term AI as a marketing ploy when it's really just an advanced software that does what it's told and the true definition in comparison of AI the battle of costs going up, fees going down, and the entry the entry of low-cost cookie-cutter service offerings versus high-service flexible solutions, what parts of a property management business is AI looking to replace, and the impact on the human side of the business, the future of property management in five years, and while it's critical to look at higher-end service to be able to survive, and finally, the change of an acceptable time frame to respond to a query and why the demand has shifted to instant as a result of softwares like Facebook, Google, and Amazon. And of course, because it's AI, there's a special special mention of Skynet, of course, in the interview. Now, I actually, I really have to agree that the term AI is overused as a buzzword across many industries. And Patrick's company is one of the first actual AI companies to come into real estate that I can see disrupting and at the same time driving the industry forward. On top of that, Patrick is really able to concisely outline where he sees the industry moving in the future and the impacts, the impacts that AI are going to have. Uh, very, very well thought out person. So it's a really good interview. Um, a little bit scary at times, but yeah, really good interview. So anyway, enough of me. Let's get into it and roll it. Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff. David here and we have Damien and Patrick. Patrick, where are you from? I'm from Property Realm. Property Realm. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, um, so we're at a conference at the moment. I understand that you're representing artificial intelligence. That's, that's the foundation or? It is the foundation. Okay, fantastic. So we're going to go through and ask you a few questions around um, where you think the industry is right now, disruptors that are coming up, et cetera, et cetera, in the future, and just have a general conversation around, um, yeah, around the property management and real estate space. Perfect. Okay, excellent. So can you first of all tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I started my career in psychology Psychology. When yeah. was that? Uh, that was uh, 2000. Okay. You know, and uh, I spent two or three years in there and found that human beings were incredibly hard to, to fix. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Got a little bit burnt out. <laughs> and uh, I was working with street kids. Okay. Um, you know, very you know disenfranchised. You know, neglected children that mm. uh, was a little bit heartbreaking. And I think I got to the end of that and said, well, look, computers are probably a little bit easier to deal with. Yes. And I ended up entering into the IT industry, but had all that basis behind me. Okay. Um, and psychology being the father and mother of modern day artificial intelligence and mm. statistical mm. analysis, it was a very quick step into AI mm. uh, so for us. AI is a bit of a buzzword in the industry at the moment. Yeah. So what is artificial intelligence? I suppose that's, for me, that's a mystery because mm. as we were saying before, People seem to think it's perfect straight away. So uh, you know, what is artificial intelligence? It's a great question. And I think we need to start with a, a good definition to start with because the reality is people use the word AI and 90% of the time, they're not talking about AI. Yes. You know, a developer thought it'd be a smart marketing ploy to put AI in front of something and say, yeah, it's AI, but it's really just a query or it's a database or it's a process or it's whatever it is. So you gotta start from that perspective and also, 
you know, some of the buzzwords they use around it, like algorithms, are not necessarily AI either. Mm. Um, so artificial intelligence is where you should start from the place of machine learning. You know, it does the machine learn? Does it get smarter over time? And does it use data and some smarts behind it to do something as well, if not better, at scale than a human being? Yes. That's really what AI is in our space. Mm. So when we talk about AI, we talk about the more in which it talks, because we've got a conversational AI that solves problems within property management. Okay. That AI gets smarter over time. As more people talk to it, it gets smarter. Mm. Um, and it uses real data, real conversations to understand the intent of the tenant and where they're going with it. Now, you mentioned, you know, is it good? You know, does it have problems? Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of liken it to a human being. Yes. You train a human being that human being learns new skills they stumble they fall they get smarter they get better and over time they become a more rounded complex mm. individual that can do things better than what they could two years ago or when they were two years old three years old, five years old yes so that's artificial intelligence in our world um for us being the market leader in ai for property management we're the only one doing it at this mm. point in time i'm sure there'll be others but our AI was trained over a year and we used live data and information and conversations from property managers to make sure that we're answering the right questions. Okay, so you, so you actually developed the, um, the app or the software around? Yeah, so all okay. the algorithms and the, the training and the uh, modeling um, and then the outputs to that is all of ours. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Do you piggyback off any other technology? Because I noticed that, like for example, um, Siri, on, Siri on phones, uh, which people apparently love to hate. Yeah. Uh, then you have a look at Google Assist, and Google Assist are incredibly advanced in yep. comparison to the likes of Siri because yep. of the the way in which they learn. Do you, yep. do you piggyback off, piggyback off any other technologies to deliver what you're delivering? Yeah. So look, ours is conversational AI, but it takes care of the conversation of the tenant, right? And to do that, you need to attend to multi generational tenants. So yes. very shortly, you're going to have five generations, and those five generations, everything from you know retired people, Gen Xs. Y's, Z's, millennials, all the way down, right? And so mm. they're gonna wanna communicate in many different ways. So we have to piggyback because that's where the communication starts. And you have to communicate with your tenants in the ways in which they wanna communicate. Yes. For the average office, that's a huge load. And it means that there are gaps and things fall between the gaps, right? So mm. we do piggyback off Google Home, Google Mini, Google Assistant, um, SMS, email. Facebook Messenger. There's a whole lot of series of channels that we allow tenants to talk to the agency. And then we piggyback off the back of the data where it was held. So we're a big supporter of property management software in the sense that we integrate with there to make sure that the information and the solutions and the way in which we provide help to uh, the tenants is 100% accurate, 100% timely, and can be executed straight away. Mm. So without that data, we couldn't have our machine learning. We couldn't have our artificial intelligence have the conversation, figure out what it is that they want, and then solve it. So an example of that is, you know, you, you've got a tenant sitting in the home. They're washing their hands. They've got one kid running around the house like a mad thing. They've got one kid having dinner. We've all been there as parents. They never quite get to the computer to pop it open, to write an email to their property manager and say, look, my tap's leaking. Can you come fix it? It's really annoying. In, instead of using email, they could go to their Google Mini that's sitting there and say, hey, um, I've got a broken tap, no yep. problem, give me some details. Yeah, it looks like this, this and this, and they're still making dinner and helping their kid across the bench with homework and yes. telling the other kid to go and get his jammies on, whatever it is, right? So it's just an easy medium. Mm. So we have to integrate to ask your question. Um, so you know that's communication and also database at the end, so property me, property tree, those kind of um, okay. Okay. softwares. Yeah.
So I suppose, what are you seeing um, as the biggest challenge for real estate agents? And let's talk property management. What are you seeing as the biggest uh, challenge for property management businesses right now in the industry? Well, you've got obviously that business case for the whole model, right, where costs are going up and fees are going down. There's a race to the bottom, which is being pushed out by a couple of tech firms, tech-enabled firms, mm. that are driving that perception that 100 bucks a month yes. or rates of 3% is sustainable and worthwhile. Now, if you think about business strategy, they are really cookie cuttering. This is what we do, the only way we do it, you must use our app. That's right. A lot of tenants don't wanna have another app or another login, that kind of stuff. But if they can force them to use it, they can drive down their costs and automate a certain portion. Well, it's the exact, it's the exact opposite to the way that the industry is going where people wanna have a unique experience. And when you're putting someone into a cookie cutter experience, that's you know, it's sort of the opposite. It's anti-intuitive in some ways, do you think? Uh, I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit like the sales models that came in that have now closed down. Yes. Where it's cookie cutter, it's not very high service. The outcome's not great, but a certain percentage of the industry will respond to it because they want to cut their costs. They want to be at that low end. And so in strategy terms, they're low option, low service, low everything, and also low cost. So you only get that small little quadrant that takes it up and it'll be the same with those guys. They will take out a certain portion. Mm. And then you've got other um, property management firms that are going high service, high flexibility, you know, turnkey solutions. You wanna just do the open homes, we'll do the open homes for you. You just wanna have the maintenance done by us, we'll do the maintenance for you. And yes. we heard that from one of the property management teams this morning that mm. she talked about, we offer concierge service at each stage, which you can just turn on a service offering. Um, I know Toop and Toop are doing that down in Adelaide as well. Yes, um, they're moving to a more turnkey solution. So, mm. look, I, th I think that there are different, you know, strokes for folks. I think that there are some really smart, high-growth, highly capable organisations that are now um, able to offer really great services that just delight above and beyond, and they use a, a blended approach. So they might start with high automation on the front end. They might then go into AI and use something like ours to take care of that communication stuff. Then they mm. might use offshore staff um, to, to scale the, those elements that are more complex that need somebody actually on it and just doing it really well. So nothing falls between the cracks. Yeah, and we actually we had, I, we had a, um, a couple of clients I'm aware of that came to us and said, hey, this AI thing, is it going to put you out of business? <laughs> I was like... No, no chance. No. <laughs> the, the short answer is no. Yeah, supporting technologies. But because, supporting. I th because I think that they have to work side by side, yes. right? Because the, the human factor is required in a human endeavor. Mm. And property management, sales, real estate is a human endeavor. Yes. It's the human connection that really makes a difference to the experience. Mm. Um, I think that there's, a, there's room for AI to automate in a really sophisticated way a portion of monotonous tasks that are repetitive that don't really need human interaction. And yes. the customer will decide that in a lot of cases, not all. Um, and then there's an element of automation that comes out of systems execution that is valuable as well. And that's the computerized approach to certain things, right? So you've mm. got you know, automation and then you've got AI that sits on top of that. Um, and I think that's just where it's going in a lot of industries. I yes. think there's going to be a, a huge um, advantage to scale your operation and to cut costs by using artificial intelligence. And we're seeing that now, and certainly all of our customers are coming on board are saying, well, this works in this part of what we do. It takes care of the communication strategy for those five generations. Mm. But at the same time, that means that our staff can be freed up from the transactional because transactional doesn't add value to the growth or the strategic positioning of my company. What it does, it enables my team to go out and have human conversations. Yes. Where we pick up the phone and we say, hey, 
I understand you've had a few issues with paying your rent. Can I help? What's going on? What do you need from us? Mm. You know, you pick up the phone to your landlord and you say, hey, I understand that we've done this, this, or you've had a couple of unexpected charges this month and I really want to help you through this. Um, we're going to try and get you better quotes. What do you think about this? How can we help you here? And that extra kind of human touch, nothing that an AI is going to do, right? Mm. Yeah. You're not going to have an AI picking up the phone and having that human connection, which understands that they've got kids in private school and they didn't expect these charges coming in and they've got another mortgage that's coming due and they're in the middle of a build over here, which means everything's really tight yes. and you need our help. Right, so there's human mm. connections that are necessary that AI is just not going to do. So, that, so from a take-up perspective, so um, about four years ago is where we really started attending conferences and starting to mm. push out mainstream, yeah. we call it that. There was a lot of fear mm. when we first started. I think that there were, there were people that used to um, cover their faces when they're walking past our booth <laughs> or when they were near us because it was just like... You know, you're going to you're going to destroy our our, um, our jobs or take away take our, our jobs. jobs like, yeah. yeah. Sure. How are you finding? Because you're you're fairly new into the space. Would you say? Uh, it's, yeah. How are you yeah. So that? in terms of the space, well, in terms of real estate, we started a little over a year ago. In terms of we 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 released an app that was built in collaboration with the Institutes of Australia. That is a Twitter style feed that has 50 publishers of information where people can just get it, and that's called the Industry App. And it's on you know any type of device, mobile device only get from the app store and so we worked fairly closely with industry bodies to figure out what that looks like um, so there's video and training and updates and legislation and a whole lot of stuff that hits your feed and there's also a whole lot of data that comes into there that says you know look at this you've got five new properties that came up in your area that you operate in and three got sold and whatever it is so it gives yep. them insights so we had a really good exposure to the industry from that perspective and that's a free app download from the app store that we did um, but that gave us a little bit of context as to how the industry would respond to mm. new technology. And I take your point. There, there is some out there like you, know, you talk about AI and how that automation works and how it's going to remove them from a couple of the different processes that makes them more efficient. And that's Skynet. Yeah, Skynet, right? Like, <laughs> you know, the Terminator is coming. Yeah, that's right. And but, it's a real fear for some people, yeah, yeah. right? I th I th yeah, one of the things. Yeah, what what is AI? That's that's my That's yeah. my vision of AI. Well, that it is Skynet. I think that, I think the best way to answer this without being too technical is there's two types of AI right now. Okay, there's the specific AI, and then there's general purpose AI. And specific AI is what we have. It's what mm. the majority of people have. When you talk about AI right now, there are learning algorithms that run your Facebook feed, that run your Netflix. Um, recommendations yes, yes and then your daughter gets on there and watch some like you know teenager type yeah, yeah. film and all of a sudden they think you're like barbies and you're and getting all these weird feed. movies and yeah, i'm like right. you ruined my feed <laughs> <laughs> which is ultimately very frustrating but yes some of them are really smart some of them work really well um but none of them can learn beyond the boundaries of what they've been given to do mm. so it's a little bit likened to if you taught a child to crawl and it was a specific AI, that child would only learn how to crawl. They'd get faster at crawling, they'd get better at crawling, but they couldn't then transition that skill into other things. Mm. Whereas a general purpose AI could turn around, you could teach a child to crawl, and from there, they could become an Olympic you know, athlete, yes. you know, doing all sorts of disciplines, right? And so that's general purpose AI. The big fear that Elon Musk and others have is that general purpose AI will take over. So if you look at DeepMind, which is you know, this race to general purpose AI, Google bought it for 500 million US, mm. and they've probably you know, invested another 500 million, maybe a billion into it. Yep. And you've got IBM Watson, they're doing a similar thing. They're all racing towards this general purpose AI because what it means is you can teach it one or two things 
and through a, a reinforced learning net, it can learn over time new skills that had nothing to do with the original intent, mm. right? And so they've put it into their data centers and cut you know costs on 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 computers and heat um, and managing the power by twenty thirty percent. Yes, um, and so they've got a general purpose AI that does that. That general purpose AI, you know in its first iteration, could learn an arcade game in eight hours, what it take a human being 10 years to get that good at and still beat the human, mm. right? And they can learn anything. They've taught it to learn, um, you know, AlphaGo, which is their implementation of the Go platform. And that game, I don't know if you know anything about it, it's quite an interesting game. You can't really explain why the best are the best at it. It's billions of possibilities. It's really intuitively based. And the AI beat the best in the world from mm. Korea and did it in very little time. And that was phenomenal because every other AI in the past has struggled and they ultimately collapsed under the options, under the ability to do it. Yes. Human beings were always better. And so that was a critical mark for a general purpose AI that's being developed. Mm. Um, we don't operate in that space. We're very specific AI. We do one thing. We do property management. It's conversational and it's very, very dictated roles. So yes. what can you do? There's 48 skills it can do right now. There's four new skills every week. Mm. That's everything from like answer how much rent you owe to, you know, I've got a leaking tap can you go fix it yeah i can talk to the plumber before you can get that done and based on some rules and go away and figure out what to do to fix that problem hmm. um, but general purpose ai is really exciting so what do you see as the biggest disruptors in the next two years you see yourselves as the biggest disruptors i think that i think that ai will be a disruptor i really do i don't know that it'll be any bigger disruptor than offshore outsourcing. Mm. I think that the industry will adjust very quickly to it and they'll redirect their staff to less transactional and more you know, human interfaces. I think that it'll work really nicely side by side with real estate, particularly if it's a self-disrupting platform. Yes. What I mean by that is that you know the agents and agencies use it for their advantage in the industry and for their ability to provide higher service levels. Mm. And that's really where I think the change is going to happen. I think that real estate will move away from these old models where they're, they're disintermediary, where they're sitting there and they are receiving requests and they're transactioning those requests and they're pushing them out and that's their value. The value is going to have to be very much in the service-orientated space, mm. providing high-level services. And they're going to need to leverage outsourcing and AI and all of these kind of things to do that. And that's where the return on investment is, is really, not so much in the, the process-driven stuff. Yeah. That AI yeah. can handle an outsourced team member can handle being in front of yeah. people that human to human interaction. Transactions are commoditized when you've got systems that can execute it for you. Mm. So then that commodity is not valuable at all. Yes. And then it becomes about scale. Um, you know, Macquarie Bank came out with a, a report that said two thirds or thereabouts of property management roles will cease to exist within the next five to ten years. Mm. I think that's an aggressive projection, but I can see the trend happening now, and a lot of people can. There will be this, um, you know convergence to the bigger and the better and the ones who can scale effectively and provide quality services and so the race on right now is for property management rent rolls to move towards a higher end service and to grow quickly yes um, and they're the ones who will weather the storm and the way they're going to do that is through um, artificial intelligence and having appropriate systems now the biggest impediment to that that i see is that there's only really one 1.5 almost two uh, property management software uh, platforms that have an open API. You know, 15, 20 years ago, Salesforce and others like it redefined technology basis where they said, we'll have an API that opens up all your data because it's your data, Mr. Customer. And 
your strategy, your differentiation, your ability to get new customers should be how you run your business and then technology falls in behind it because you've got flexibility. You can do what you want with your system. You can tack on whatever you want. You can create value in every way you want rather than right now the technology is defining the flexibility and ability to scale their businesses. Mm. And so you've got a lot of people now pushing to make that a reality on other fronts. Um, you know, I think that there are a number of platforms. I know that Property Tree is developing their own open API and it's in beta right now and we've got access to it and it's starting to look really good. Yeah. Um, you've got Scotty Wolf in Adelaide, not Adelaide, in WA, who is creating Vault RE. And yep. Vault RE is an API first, and it's going to have both sides of the equation, sales plus okay. property management. So that's an interesting new entrant to the marketplace. So the a big disruptor on the technology fund is going to be this open API, and the ones who do it are going to get a lot of convergence, and we're seeing that with Property Me now. They're taking a lot of um, traction in the marketplace. Mm. I think that the others will have to follow, and they are starting to, and they're doing it. Um, and then it comes a question of flexibility and service levels within those companies. So the traditional players like Rock End and Property Tree who provide a higher end of service at times to others um, do they get the traction back mm. to move back into their open api yeah it's interesting watching that watching that transition when you see the server-based softwares all those years ago and then the transitioning across the cloud it's like watching myb versus zero <laughs> right uh, and yeah it's just a total chalk and cheese and it's amazing that this industry hasn't got there quicker yes you know and, and i've actually spoken to some software houses that turn around and say mate you don't have an open api and they go well we do internally and we just select if we give it to them. i said what's that selected they go well we select it based on whether it adds value to us mm. so effectively you're hamstringing your customers and their flexibility ability to run their business in any way they like by restricting their ability to use third-party products it's their data mm. and and i have this argument every day with you know property management software owners it's a hard argument but i think that a lot of customers are now becoming more technologically capable where they can turn around and go, hey, this is what I want. This yes. is where I want to go. I want to be flexible. I want to be able to scale. I want to own my own data. I want to add marketing platforms and execution automation and you know, offshoring. And it has to be in the cloud and it has to be open API so I can execute. I want to run analytics on my data mm. that shows me what my performance level is for each person across the entire stack. So now I can do continuous improvement. I can look at my system and I go, one, two, three is a big issue for me. I spend the most amount of time in there. I have the most amount of complaints. Like 80% of all complaints that, that we uh, reviewed could have been avoided by better communication. Yes. And the reasons for them not having great communication could be that it fell between the cracks. They were overloaded with work. It hit them in email form instead of coming into their property management software so they could track it and see it as a job. Mm. There's a whole lot of reasons why they missed that. And so unless you've got a dedicated staff member who's sitting there looking at that inbox and going, yep, add that to a job. Yep, add that to a workflow. And you would see this with your team you yes. have dedicated people sitting there going we need to make sure that not a single thing falls through the cracks because that's service level our net presence and that's that's really changed for us hasn't it you know, without getting too deep into the whole outsourcing thing yeah. uh, but that's really changed for us for people that are managing that that type of uh, that type of task yeah it's changed where there used to be an acceptable time frame um, for you to respond but that right. time frame is really reduced to <laughs> So whatever Google says. Right, yeah, yeah. No, because, you know, we're not competing in an open marketplace. Now today, expectations change so much. We're not competing, even as a technology provider or as a service provider, you're not competing with the other service provider or the other agency. Expectations are being set by Google and Facebook and Amazon where you can make an order and like two, 12 hours later, it's on your front step. Mm. Like you make an order on the way to work and when you get home, it's there. I mean, you know, you've seen the, bl the, the blimp idea by Amazon where they've patented a blimp idea where it goes up in the sky, hovers over major cities. There'll be about 200 of them. 
you'll be on Amazon. You'll say, hey, Alexa, uh, I need basil for dinner. You're in the middle of cooking dinner. Mm. And a little drone comes out of the blimp and it delivers basil to your front window and you take it out and there's your basil for making your spag bowl. Yes. You know, that's instantaneous reward. It's making sure that you're being serviced. And that's who we're competing against now. So if you've got a millennial and Gen Z and they say, hey, I've got a broken tap and you don't come back for 12 hours because you're in an open home and you're really busy and you're in a conference and you had five other, you know, 50 other different maintenance tasks yep. and yep. you don't respond, they're like, I am so pissed off. Like, I just, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and their world's melting down because you didn't respond to them quickly. Mm. You know, and that creates another level of support and appeasing them and making sure they're okay and conflict resolution and stress and more cultures work. change. More work. Yeah. more work, right? And so it's got a cascading effect. Yeah. So that's where we saw big value in the AI responding immediately, solving everything we can solve and where we can't solve it, saying to no worries, we'll put that into a job, property management is going to get back to you immediately. And then yeah, and that was the, that was the thing that we saw um, yesterday in um, in Eva's talk, where she was she was talking about that quote from Amy, yep. where now it's uh, what was instant, it? Coffee instant coffee is too slow. It's too slow, <laughs> and it just, it just yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, and the the idea of having to wait for a jug to boil now is uh, unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it this morning. I turned on my Nescafe in my room, put in a pod, and I pressed it, and it went straight away. Mm. The morning before, it wasn't switched on. Before I, you know, when it did it, and I had to wait thirty seconds for it to heat up. Wow, 30 <laughs> yeah. seconds for my coffee. First world problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get a grip. Yes. It's not that bad. Now, before we do go to the ad break, because I can see um, we're, we're ticking by in time, and it's a very interesting conversation around the AI oh, stuff, and it's, it's a, um, it's a the, the deeper you go, the deeper you go. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Um, what special advice would you give to somebody within the in real estate industry uh, where it stands right now um, and moving into the future? Well, I, I think that, you know, if I just talk about the space we've been talking about, you know, if you're not on cloud-based software, if you don't have an open API that you can tack in other things, you're effectively standing there with your hands chained behind your back as a business. Mm. You have lost flexibility, capability, agility, all the good things you need in a, in a modern day rent roll to grow, to execute, to provide better service, to differentiate from the 25 other um, offices down the road. Yes. You've, you've missed the boat. And the boat is getting so far away, it's a dot, mm. right? So, you, you know, if you haven't already done that, that's the first thing you need to do. And it's not that people go, it's so hard and I'm so busy and work on your business. Like this is this idea of working on your business, not in your business. You know, you might be a selling principal and you might ignore property management or you might just be so overloaded with work. Stop thinking about the 15 things on your, on your list. Carve out 15% of time to work on, on your business and make it a priority. Your staff need to increase or improve your business by 1% every week mm. and then make it 1% every day. And if they're doing things for, to make it better 1%, then in 220 days, which is a work year, you will be so much better than you used to be. That's mm. the one thing they do. And the best thing they can do is move over to a cloud-based software that has an open API, and then they have options, options in staffing solutions, options in executing their business, options in marketing. Different, The whole lot can just fall in behind that one platform. And that was a, a technology strategy from 30 years ago. Yes, UPS coined it, right? They did a really smart job. They had one data system that ran their entire UPS network, and now they've got fantastic service levels off the back of that. Mm. You know? Mm, exactly. Many clients still on server-based? Yeah. There's yeah. a couple. There's 3,000 still on Rock and Rest, mm. right? That's huge. How many in your industry? Like eight to 10,000 offices, depending on which ones you count? Yeah, it's you know? interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. No. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, let's go to a break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to turn up the lights, turn up the heat, and put you on the hot seat. And yeah, 
and then we'll see what happens from there. Sounds, Sounds good. like fun. Excellent. Let's, do it. Let's Cheers. come back in a second. <laughs> okay, welcome back to the hot seat powered by affordable staff. We're back here now for the hot seat. Can you feel the heat? I can feel it. <laughs> You're making me nervous. <laughs> That's right. That's the whole point. Um, I think okay, when we joke about it, you know, about making people cry, but it's really not a joke. That's just from hitting you because <laughs> you're in striking distance. <laughs> I actually really like this bit because I get to sit back and not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're just going to go through and ask a series of questions and then um, fairly short responses. Sure. Uh, and if you can't think of a response for anything, you can pass. Yep. Um, and then we can come back to it or we'll see how we go. Sound sure. good? Sure. Okay, fantastic. So number one bucket list item. Uh, sail around Europe on a catamaran. Strangest thing you've ever eaten. A dog. Dog. In Indonesia. Haven't had that before. It was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> Strangest place you've ever visited. Oh, foothills of the Pyrenees, uh, meeting a local guy and his goat as a goat herder. Why was it strange? Um, I, it was unexpected and I didn't speak a lick of French. And so I went back to his home and he took me and brought me in for a soup up the mountain. And we had a really interesting night together, but we didn't mm. speak any language. Oh, that would so have been very interesting. Yeah. His wife. Uh, describe yourself in three words. how do you spend the first three hours of your day Uh, coffee walking the dog uh, answering emails favorite drink capri oscar something interesting nobody knows about you uh nobody knows does everybody know about the 50 meter i like to free dive you know we just did a deep dive week that's pretty interesting yeah down down to 50 meters is my limit at the moment how's the pressure at 50 meters you equalize single breath so there's no tanks you just hold your breath and go down yeah so, so down a the line there you go um would you prefer to be invisible or to be able to fly uh fly hmm. a mistake that's ended up being a success falling into it biggest non-negotiable integrity morning or night Weapon of choice? Oof. Intellect. I would have said data. Love data. (laughs) Biggest fear? Sorry? Biggest fear? Not living a full life. If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be doing? I'd probably still be a psychologist. This is interesting for me, actually. University or school of hard knocks? Hard knocks. Uh, what advice would you give to an 18-year-old version of you? Take the risk. Fridays on Mondays? Fridays. One item you could not live without? Wow. <laughs> yeah, see, I told you. Yeah. Us. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Last question. How much money is enough? Enough to enjoy your family and the road that you're on. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I actually saw now, a few sweat beads forming. <laughs> now I need to go and think about those questions <laughs> yeah, and response and post analyze and think, why did you answer that? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's you right. got me thinking. <laughs> yes, excellent. Well, fantastic. So we're at that point now where you can basically go through and give us a shameless plug of your business or what you have going on right now that you'd like to share with everybody. So. Now that we've grilled you, what would you like to share? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for that opportunity. I'm sweating. I'm not sure I can do it. No. That's right. Oh, look, I think that, you know, there's if you see value in automating a large percentage of the work that you do, um, and we're talking 40%, 
that AI can take care of right now today in property management so that you can have human connections, so that you can do great service offerings mm. uh, to make yourself a better service offering in the market. I think just give us a call. I'm, I'm happy to talk through it. It's a really easy onboarding and we're happy to support in the industry. Fantastic. Yeah. Best way to someone, for someone to get in contact with you? Which we, what you were going to say. Yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, look, if you go to our website, um, propertyrealm, R-E-A-L-M.com.au, there is a booker demo yes. uh, on there and it hooks straight into my calendar and uh, I will be the one that runs you through what we do. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic, Patrick. Really appreciate Thank your you. time. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you for taking the journey on the hot seat. Thanks for... Especially because of your history in, in the industry. <laughs> Thanks for grilling me. Appreciate yes. it. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, thank you, everybody. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Hot Seat. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode with Patrick. And before you go, I'd ask if you enjoyed the episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat, where you listen to your podcast, especially on Spotify and Apple. I also wanted to remind you that the hot seat is powered by affordable staff. And if I am 100% honest, we couldn't put the hot seat together without outsourcing. There's so much background work that goes into creating a podcast for anybody who's actually created one before. You know what I'm talking about. And we couldn't do this without outsourcing it to our overseas team. I mean, seriously, I record the content and I send it offshore where they handle the video, the audio edits, the website, the podcast distribution, the marketing, and so much more. So thank you to our team in the Philippines. Okay, that's it. Thank you again for all of your support. Thank you for, you know, the feedback that we're getting around the hot seat. And I look forward to talking to you in the next episode of The Hot Seat.